Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eat, Sleep, Believe, Repeat podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first, the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power. It's gnarly. Charlie. Oh my goodness. Hello, what have we here? Hey, bud. Hey, how's it going? Well, winter is coming. Winter has come. How's it a fucking Tuesday again? What is going on? <laughs> It is a Tuesday. Winter has come. Um, winter, win- winter has come. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> anyway, I um, pop myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 So yeah, winter came. Um, we had we didn't have a crowning of a stock in the winter. Oh, spoilers, but. <laughs> But you know, sometimes I don't know what the fuck this accent is. Apparently, I've gone northern. We've gone bloody northern. But anyway, bloody um, northerners, you southerners. <laughs> your Yo, shout out, torment giants, babe. Yo, it was winter is coming. We're allowed to have Game of Thrones references. But you know who is? There was a lack of Game of Thronesiness on this winter is coming, though. I'm disappointed. There was like vibes of it last time. I know they had the graphics and stuff, but like it's they HBO. Just have Tyrion like... Lannister in the fucking crowd. They should literally as yeah. They should have Peter Dinklage as Tyrion Lannister just in the crowd. Pay the guy. Go get Maisie Williams. Literally, is coming. I was just watching the series of her on Doc. She was on Doctor Who for like a season. But anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, Doctor Who. Shout out Matt Smith. The Game of Thrones never ends. Mister Demon Thorian. Anyway, um, uh our our nerdy fandomness aside um you know i mean we took an entire episode like 30 minutes on an episode i think to talk about andor or something like that i don't think it was that long but we did we took a good chunk for that we, we took a we gave him a little taste of of a little bit of you know non-wrestling podcast action and again i don't know where this voice is but um we, we're we're almost five minutes in and i have still not talked about anything relevant that's how you know it's gonna be a good show actually like two minutes <laughs> and we're good we're good but um yeah speaking so winter came it's the third time i've said that um and the snows came down from the north to lay down a, a layer of blood upon the lands <laughs> okay right. i'll stop fucking, fucking around the, now the, everybody the king of the region the king of the north <laughs> anyway oh, so shit. there was no northern king crowned but we did have some really good matches this week um yeah not on dark though sorry burying dark sorry dark you were just oh, whoa really... whoa sorry nope no, that's I, fair. I'll give it to yeah. you. I was no, gonna say Deppin, but it was short. Kip, Kip was fine. Yeah, Ty was Ty. Um, and uh, you know what? There, Lee was on. The, you know, there was some. There was some. There was some stuff. Okay, there yeah. was some stuff, but there wasn't that much. Anyway, um, there were some people I liked on Dark. It just wasn't. I'm just being honest. It wasn't great. It was like it was short. As, there was like less than an hour total between the two Dark shows. I was like, what? What? I wonder. I wonder why. We'll have to try and figure that out. Why? I mean, it's got to be like they just didn't. The, the there's got to be weeks where they like can't. They, they just happen to not schedule the time right. Like where they just didn't reserve that time, or they didn't feel like filming. I you know. I don't know. I, maybe they just. They, there's got to be times where they got to give everybody a day off. You know. I, I don't know. Or it's just. Well, it doesn't week. really matter. Yeah. It, 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 it happened. You know. <laughs> There's there's bad weeks of dark anyway, so you know this was the, you know if it's gonna be a bad week anyway, maybe just shorten it. Maybe that's the idea in their head. I don't know, but um, yeah, there was some really unexpected stuff this week, which we'll get into. There was some really interesting stuff 
um, you actually have the first go at it uh, for favorites. This week. But before we get into all that, there's a few orders of business to take care of off the top of the show. I'm talking really fast right now, but we're going to get through them. I'm doing an Excalibur impression. But anyway, um, the, uh, you, so you can hear me breathe. Excalibur, I don't think actually requires oxygen to live. I think Excalibur is actually an alien from a different like planet that doesn't require oxygen to speak. Because I don't understand how he continues. on. Does he like have a he, – he just uses his mute button. That's what it is. He, he just cheats. rolls, man. Yeah, he, he, cheats. he knows it. I've noticed that about podcasts, by the way. I don't know if it's something that everyone's going to be like, it's going to ruin podcasts for everyone from now on. But you'll notice they don't actually usually edit out the breaths a whole lot of times on podcasts. I mean, sometimes someone will go to the effort of doing that when they're like, like you know, I used to do that on the show, but it's really annoying. I think there's something like about like hearing that intimacy of someone breathing and talking and they're expelling their breath and getting excited about that. I don't know. I think there's something interesting about that in podcasts that maybe people pick up on I have it's no that idea. warm comfort feeling it's that feeling you get <laughs> no but anyway um yeah so that being said though um there are a few places that you can find us like outside of here i actually haven't talked about this in a while you can find me at twitch.tv slash the duke of derps i'm a twitch streamer i've been recently playing through the mass effect series uh i've been doing some fun stuff on there playing as an absolute uh menace of of the galactic society just making all the bad choices um except for for the choices of my crew classic military person anyway no i'm just kidding but anyway um <laughs> no but uh, let's be real like narratively if it's like, going about war you make those decisions but anyway the point is it's, i'm not here to justify uh what i'm doing in that game i'm here to uh also point <laughs> out that you can find me on twitter at bane duke b-a-n-e-d-u-k-e and you can find charlie at oh charlie on twitter it was an X instead of an A. And uh, there's also like a, a smattering. I'm going to use that phraseology here of uh, podcast platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Pandora, you know, um, uh, Apple, or sorry, not Apple Music. Apple Music would be weird. Amazon Music, uh, and as well as uh, some other podcast platforms that I can't think of off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, there's a whole boatload of them under just like little different, mic, you know, trees of podcasts that become an they're all over the place now. Got to run. Absolutely. But hey, yeah, we appreciate that. And if you guys are, is your first time listening, you're like, all right, well, let's check out the show. I just, I just listened to the award show, which is dropping Wednesday, December 21st. Um, so you can literally listen to our awards show and then watch dynamite in the same night. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty sweet. Uh, we Spotify has by, by far become our, our number one source of where a lot of people can check it out. So we appreciate Honestly, that. it's a really I, – I I've been fucking around on podcasts a little while back because that's why I check – track to see when our podcast goes up because sometimes I like to time a tweet where like I'll just like – I'll listen to see how it sounds you know, because I'm uh, self-obsessed like that. No, actually, I just like to check it out every now and then um, and uh, and hear how I sound because sometimes I'll sit there and be like oh, – and this is not me being a dick. I'm just saying I, I, I sound cool because like I said something in a cool way or – you know, um, the comedy, we're, we're getting to the point where it's like Excalibur and Taz on dark proper, you know, um, <laughs> where they have like this like interconnected series of jokes that they literally don't actually have to do commentary. They can just reference the interreferential commentary, like chain of references that they've created over the last however many 170 episodes, you know, like props to them for keeping that up. But uh, I try to keep track of it, but there's too many jokes. I can't keep up um but that being said i did mention that we usually start off with our favorites because we like to start off with something positive yeah um, and we generally like to stay positive in general on this show generally in general anyway um and so charlie 
you have the ball this week to steal a phrase from John Moxley. So oh, yeah. go yep. ahead and get us started so, there, Powell. Yeah, you already know. So about to hit our favorites, and then we'll uh we got some cool news too today. Uh Mandy Rose, you know, she was released. We'll talk about that, some Sasha Banks stuff, what's going on with that, but the the favorites this week. All right. You guys know where this is coming from, man. Uh Action Andretti, Chris Jericho. This was, to me, this was just so much fun. I really love shit like this. Let's I mean, go, Jobber. It, the let's go, Jobber chant. No one fucking thought he was winning. No one. Jericho was Razor Ramon. Andretti was the Lightning Kid. I mean, this, Jericho wanted a tune-up, and this blew up in his face. He kept pie-facing him, and then, you know, he tried to return the favor. Jericho stomped him down in the corner. The let's go jobber chance. I mean, that that right there, when that started happening, I, I watched this retroactively too. Unfortunately, I, I knew he won by the time I, I watched this match. But so watching it retroactively, I was like, oh my God, what are they going to do when he starts? Because we know, we know. And if you guys listen to the show weekly, you know, Action Andretti, he, he's no joke. I mean, we've covered this guy multiple times, especially, um, on dark a couple months back like this this guy he can go and he's very entertaining we we kind of reference you know there's a little bit of dante martin in there with some of the moves he does and he showed off some of those moves like the fucking i don't really know what it's called it to me it just looks like someone's bouncing their ass off the top rope but he fucking did it and, and when he hit that on the outside the crowd went fucking nuts i mean so he went for a split legged moonsault jericho got the knees up jericho missed the, the judas effect Andretti hit a springboard kick that sent Jericho outside, which is that's where he hits his springboard moonsault. To me, it's always kind of funny, bouncing his ass on the ropes. Back inside, Andretti yes, for another rope, springboard. Moonsault. Yes, and Jericho teased the walls of Jericho, but got rolled up. Andretti hit a tilt-a-whirl into a DDT and got a running, standing shooting star press to pin Jericho clean. He fucking pinned Jericho clean. He... I, I, <laughs> I like those odds. I, I got no words for it, man. I mean, seriously, that was just so fucking cool. It was so unexpected. And God damn it, how many times have I said, and, and I, 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 I'm very passionate about this. These guys in this company that they brought in, and I, I, I'll still say CM Punk because I felt this way when they brought him in. Punk, Danielson, Jericho, Moxley, you name it. All these world-renowned stars. They, all of them, I'll still say this about Punk, are selfless. They will put over the next person if it fucking, if it means the better for the company and for the wrestling business. And lo and behold, what did Jericho do? He just did what QT Marshall did a couple months back. He just made this kid a fucking star. He just did what Moxley did a few months back when he faced Wheeler Yuta. Made this kid a star. And Action Andretti got the graphic. He's officially all elite. It wasn't like some fantastic match, but it was it was truly just a great moment. And you know, this is the kind of thing we're in December now. We're get, we're starting to build up for next year. I mean, we'll talk about it in news. We've already got some some a pretty big match announced for New Year Smash. I mean, there's going to be a lot of changes coming in January, and I, I think if this allows Jericho to take his break that we know he's been wanting to take. He was supposed to take a break before the fucking Punk and Elite shit went down. So was him, Mox. Him and Moxley. 
So it's like, I don't know, man. To me, this was just truly something special. It, and it, I, I, I'll say it, it's a goddamn unforgettable moment. This is something I'm going to think about for a long time. And I really it's hope we see. It's going to be great if Action Andretti goes on to be one of the greatest AEW. Like right? He's in the AEW Hall of Fame And, and we day. cover this before. The, he, I think he's 23, dude. I mean, this Jericho is, is only like, what, Jericho is only like in his what? Like his 50s, right? Am I crazy? Like, how old is Jericho? He's, he's, I think he's like 44, 45. He's a little He's older, almost but, in his 50s. So yeah. if Jericho is like 20 years from now, if Action Andretti is one of the best like AEW wrestlers ever. And like Jericho. No, you're right. Jericho's 52. Yeah, okay, so 70-year-old Jericho inducts his kid into the Hall of Fame. That could happen. You know what I mean? Like, like my God, man. I am – if anyone ever calls Jericho, age, like – Ric Flair's still wrestling matches, so he could definitely do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's – we might have just witnessed history. You never know. Like, it's happened before, man. Like I said, the Razor Ramon Lightning Kid, you name it. So, um, that that was my favorite. Uh, Garrett, what did, what did you think of this one, man? I mean, seriously, this – I know great, you had to be feeling really. that energy just like me. Well, like, I was lucky enough to not, like, I, you know, I just don't pay attention to the wrestling news. Like, I don't follow enough accounts anymore. Like, I stopped, I stopped paying attention to them a while back just because, like, I don't know. Like, I used to watch, I, you can ask Charlie, I used to literally, like, every bit of, like, dirt sheet drip that came out, I was, like, constantly aware of for a little while. I was, like, uh, the tech, you know, the tech person, like, uh, Ned in Spider-Man, you know, like, uh, the the guy behind the what do they Who's call that? The, the computer, the computer, like behind the there's a name for it. anyway. Like the, the tech, my brain went Ned's the classified school survival guide. That's I, a I'm, great show, which we should definitely that. Did you talk that about a great like show? A, yes, um, definitely. Shout out that man. I, I'm curious. I want to go back and watch it now and see if the whole like if it's like super dated now with some of the like because you know it came out at a time when like things were way different. So I wonder if that show still works now. But um, anyway. That that uh decide no I was like Ned from Spider Man um you know like the guy, guy in the, the chair yeah the, or the guy in the chair that's what I was looking for yeah uh, that that's how I was with wrestling news and like it's it's all fucking bullshit it's all BS man it's all lies it's all fake news oh sorry, anyway um so but yeah wrestling no I just, I'm sick of wrestling news like it's all we're gonna talk about a bunch of wrestling news but you'll notice and this is something that I I requested a while back we don't really cover stuff that's not like that's in that what i was just talking about range and there's so much of that in the wrestling news and i'm just like nah but um this match uh was you know so i don't see a lot of spoilers that was a really long way to say that um but um yeah like you said this is a good job or chance um there was a really nice pop on the kick out of the code breaker yeah there was I, I, every time this crowd went ocho when the when the number eight came up um it popped me um oh, it popped the ref it was a strange, it was a really strange match overall, but it worked. And uh, what I wrote at the end of my notes was make a star in one match. This may have been what they did here. We will see. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've been looking at Action Andretti as a potential Ring of Honor guy for a while. I don't know if that's the plan. Um, I would think they have to at least have him be on AEW for a little while after beating Jericho. I mean, fuck, oh, you yeah, think dude. that would put you in the line for like a world title shot. Like, you know what I mean? Like... Former world champion. No matter what, he's relevant now. No yeah, at matter least, what. like, for, like, a goddamn TNT title shot against Joe. Like, shit, you know, like. And, I, yeah, agreed. Oh, that's a tag team. I just came up with Jojo. Anyway, um. <clears throat> but, yeah, no, I mean, if, if Jericho's not going away for a while. But, yeah, no, I, I really, I really, I enjoyed it. Um, So, I guess, I guess the, the next, the next thing we should talk about. 
is uh, is what I was feeling. Um, just because I don't, I, I didn't ever have much written down about that match. It's not that I wasn't that feeling it. I just wasn't. Um, I didn't write a whole bunch down about it because it wasn't. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like a substance match. It was just like a whoa, that's crazy. It was a shock factor match. This match was Facts. more of that. Um, so we'll be going on to the uh, the main event of AEW Winter is coming. Or AEW Dynamite Winter is coming. However you want to refer to it. Uh, which was MJF versus Lord Rickard Starks for the AW World Championship in the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Um, giant pop for Ricky, and uh, you know, excuse me. <clears throat> and uh, there was like, um, like a lot of like this match was mostly um, just like an example of the two of them kind of going out there and showing like how their styles can like. You know how like they say styles make matches. I feel like this was a really good example of that. Where like you, because you've watched the progression of Ricky over a certain amount of time, and you see how his wrestling style has changed. Now MJF has done things a certain way. MJF is almost kind of like that perfect wrestler that can like sort of like I don't know if you were creating a creative wrestler to have matches with everybody on the roster, you probably you wouldn't want them to be like the perfect like your favorite kind of wrestler because they need to be able to have matches with everybody and not every style matches with every style so you'd want he's almost like a neutral style if that makes sense like yeah where it's almost what danielson does in a way which i think is kind of interesting that he never likes to compare himself to danielson because that's a that's like that's the similarity between the two of them is that they can have a match with literally anybody and it's going to make sense and it's going to fit both of the style even if like you know um i don't think has danielson wrestled orange cassidy yet if that hasn't happened it needs to happen immediately. has not happened yet nope it needs to happen immediately, but um, because like you know, even though they're very different styles, they could still have a fantastic match just because that's the kind of the wrestler that Danielson and Cassidy are. Um, I think it's a similar situation here. I think Ricky Starks is just at the beginning of like what's going to be a really incredible career for him at AEW. Um, <laughs> I like how MJF had the leverage at one point on a submission, like uh, on the ropes, and and Paul Turner was just like, "Nah, I'm kicking your leg, bud. Get the hell out of here. You ain't cheating on my watch." I, I pal. really like that touch, actually. Yes. Uh, there was a really nice two count on a Liger bomb um, that I really liked. Um, and I, you know what I did write in my notes? I, I, and it's weird that this is my favorite, but I did write this in my notes, and I like to always be honest about what I write in my notes. Um, I think that might have met at the wrong time. Like, I've, maybe if MJF had been at the end of his run and, and Starks was the one to dethrone him, and maybe, like, we run this back a year from now. You know, that could happen. I mean, they've Agreed. done that with matches Agreed. before. Um, when maybe when... We're closer to the end of MJF's contract, and he might consider dropping it to somebody like Ricky or something like that. You know, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Although if MJF, you know, that tweet he put out where like people that are never going to beat me, Ricky was on that list, so maybe not, but um, but also maybe. Um, I liked um, there was a spot where MJF had like disabled three out of the four of Ricky's limbs, um, and then Ricky still made it to the ropes in that submission, which I thought was like an incredible spot. Um, it was like again Danielson vibes. You know what I mean? Like, um, speaking of Danielson, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, Ricky, I did, I believe he did some shenanigan-y stuff to to win, right? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but then you know the beatdown ensues, and Danielson ends up making the save, um, which is interesting. So I guess that's where we're going next is MJF versus Danielson. Yep. Um, which, which makes the most sense following the regal yes. thing. Yeah, I guess. Um, technically, yes. I mean, yeah, you could have saved that match. I mean, that match is going to be incredible. You know what I mean? Like, oh, 
but um that's that might be matchup next year in the first week you know what i mean like but um yeah having danielson chase mjf is going to be really good like quite literally chase but also literally yeah i know like chase they could the title. put that match off for literally like six months i feel like and never have it and have a bunch of like tag matches and random other matches like you could do that i don't want that but you could do that and people would still be interested so um and AEW does like to do long-term storytelling so maybe they will drag it out uh but I really like Danielson making the save. I really like how MJF and him, Ricky, like I said, were able to clash in a way that worked. Um, I'm I'm really excited. This is like if this is like just match one of MJF's title reign, or I guess match two if you want to say winning the title is where it starts. You know, then wow, this is going to be we're, we're to for an incredible start. ride over the next yeah. couple of years because I don't think MJF's ever dropping this title until maybe his contract's about to expire. You know, and then. Obviously, I think he's smart enough to not be like, yeah, I'm going to take the title with me. Like, no, I don't think he's going to do that. I think, I think he knows what's best for business, you know, but I don't think he also knows Strip, what's best Strip for MJF. B. Oh, yeah, he knows. Um, yeah, you were correct. Uh, MJF tried to hide behind Paul Turner. Stark shoved the ref out of the way, and MJF hit a low kick and rolled up Starks to steal it. I'm surprised it. I didn't have it in my notes. Like, usually it, I that kind it of was just down. one of those things that it felt like what he does, so it didn't really... I mean, yeah, look, no, it we, didn't stick. I was like, oh, okay. We yeah. knew he wasn't going to beat him, quote-unquote, clean. clean but right, yeah. he still beat him in the ring. There was no firm. There was no bullshit. He's a heel. He fucking used the ref to his advantage. He's MJF. He's the salt of the earth. I mean, he's the fucking scumbag. I'll tell you what, he needs to settle down. So, Get a taste? Get a taste? And, nah, man, this... I got some good vibes from this match, man. It felt like, like a late 90s wrestling match almost like yeah no that's what i was saying getting at it felt like i could have flipped this on on wwe in like the like middle of like the attitude era and it would have been a match and i'm like yeah, yeah and and that's not to discredit like no it was really enjoyable and it was just a well it was a well-paced match it was and by the way attitude era not known like, people will say will say i'm wrong about this not known for its spectacularly good matches there's no way more for over the top drama and like for the transition into the type of wrestling that we have now. You know what I mean? Like storytelling. I mean the fucking st- yes. All the clips you see killing. from the Attitude Era are usually not in the ring, which or is incredible th- when you think about it. They were selling yeah. wrestling entirely on stories, which is what ultimately wrestling probably should be, right? I've said that before, but because it's an artistic art form, ultimately, right? Like I'm with Kenny on that, but you know, also I want it to be like sports oriented, you know, so. Get yeah. out of here with your, with your cinematic bullshit. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, really fun stuff. Uh, MJF is uh is better than us, and, and you know I think um we know it. So we do know it, and yeah, man, I, I just as a first world title defense, well put. It was it was really solid, and I you know that was something I didn't think about until you mentioned it. Um, is it was this the wrong time for this potentially? And, and I say and that the because retroactively, we could look back and be like, nope, actually, the fact that they yeah. met like a year, two years down the line and then and Ricky won and the crowd completely like creamed their pants. Well, because like, this, yeah. this brings up some kind of a topic I wanted to talk about here a little bit, you know, and was it too early or because Ricky Starks kind of I mean, titled, AW is known for blowing their wad too early. That's sometimes they percent. do that. And Ricky Starks, you know, contention up to being in in this title match. It's been an ascent where he's gotten – he's really over his baby face right now. So we don't want to squander that. So what putting him in the world title, he felt like the – this is the biggest star he's ever felt like. But we knew he was going to lose. So where do we go from here, right? Oh, one thing though. I should also say this since we're talking about this now and we're usually going to come back to our favorites 
a, a whole bunch, or actually, yeah. all really. Um, they should retire the Diamond Eye Diamond Ring. I'm just saying. I know this yeah, is going to be your controversial why... take. If you're never going to take it off MJF, and then he eventually is going to leave the company one day, which he might, you know, then unless you know MJF is 1,000% resigning, if that's the deal that they worked out, you know, what was that back in? When did MJF come back? Was it like the middle of summer or something like that? Or no, yeah, yeah, it was uh, yeah, that pay-per-view in the summer, All Out. Oh, yeah, All Out, yeah, at All Out. So since All Out, if, if that's the deal around All Out, that's right, because I even made a reference to it at All Out. Yeah, because he came back as the devil. Oh, that's so good. MJF's been, oh, if MJF could have been around, if MJF hadn't taken the time off he did to work that deal out, man, he'd have all the awards this year. But, you know, like, um, he's just an unbelievable talent, man. He almost, he could, he probably could justifiably be given some, and I'm sure we'll be canceled by MJF for not giving him any this year. But, you know, like, dude, you took time off. I'm sorry. I got to, I got to judge it fairly. People that were fucking there, but you know, like, um, yeah. So it's agreed. And you know what? I, I think when we look back on this, I mean, I, do you think, I, I mean, do you think at, at right now, Ricky Stark's stock is the highest it's ever been. I mean, yeah, but for certainly. But I, I just okay. wish that he wasn't going to be like probably forgotten about here in the next for the next well, that's, couple that's months. That's a big thing, right? We he, he can't be now. We Tony Tony has to realize how this is. But this who could do you be put, who do you put him face. against? If you put him back against Hobbs again, I feel like Hobbs still has to win that because what else? You gotta is Hobbs just put him against right an now? asshole, right? So. Uh, who who could that asshole be? It's hard. My brain Lance immediately Archer. goes. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. But how how much are we going to get into that? Right. My brain goes Swerve, but Swerve is going to do Keith Lee, so that's not happening. Honestly, he's been asking for work. We covered it last week. I'm not going to cover it again this week because it was in the news again. Bring back Miro. Oh yeah, I have that in my notes. Run actually. Starks where, 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 where and Miro. Do I have it's... that in my notes? I do have a thing about Miro. It, there wasn't anything that was said. Somebody mentioned his name. Oh, there was a sign on Rampage during the Mox Guevara match that said, "Where's Miro?" Yeah, you could put him against. Yeah, I mean, if Jericho's not leaving yet, put him against Jericho. You got to put him against a straight up asshole heel that he's just going to get babyface cheers. So, all right. That being said, not of the way. <coughs> oh, wait, I had the perfect dude. I, you know what? Someone who's on TV right now. I'm a perfect fucking opponent for him. Who's that? Our boy Preston Vance. I I would actually buy that because he's got heat right now, unlike he's ever had. So, if we were doing big man pillars, Preston's right up there. Oh, he has to be. Has to be. All right. So, that being said, let's hit a little bit of news here. We got some fun things to talk about. Then we'll jump into our elevation and dark results, as well as the rest of uh, Dynamite and Rampage, and then we'll talk a little bit about next week. And yeah, so, all right, kicking us off with news, a little fun stuff. Uh, AW Chris, AW star Chris Jericho will star in a wrestling themed horror film called Dark Match. Uh, filming on the project recently wrapped in Edmonton. So this is according to a report from uh, Deadline. Shout out Deadline. That's your, uh, Deadline's your go-to. If Serpentico somehow isn't in the movie called Dark Match. I'm right? Right. This you know what I'm true. saying? In the mask. If you guys are ever unsure about like uh, news and the kind of the film industry and just I guess television, everything, streaming, you name it, deadlines your spot. I mean, deadlines they're that's the most reliable one you can go to. So this is from Deadline. They're less wrong than everybody else. 
Exactly. Jericho leads a cast that includes... It's kind of like wrestling news, you know? Wrestling Observer is <laughs> wrong left than everybody else. You know what I mean? Aisha Issa from Transplant. Stephen Ogg from The Walking Dead. Sarah Canning from The Vampire Diaries. Uh, we got people from Goon, uh, Winona Earp. So, and Jericho will also serve in his, as an executive producer on the project. So, Garrett, is Jericho going Hollywood? It was also directed I by... I mean, Jericho has been in various... Yeah, he's been in some, like, random, like, he was in a cameo, like, a few years ago in the Jane Silent Bob movie, I want to say, or something like that. Yep. Like, he's he's been in movies before. Like, it's not like this is his first rodeo to steal that phrase uh, and never use it again, because what? But anyway, um... When did he do this, man? Because it's already done, so shout out oh, to you, you, He's just, I mean, he fucking does a band and wrestles, so I'm sure he figured it out. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. you know. He probably just took the time. He said, no, I need this time for this shit because, you know, who knows how big of an actual role it is, you know? It's not like when the bunny or Samoa Joe actually had to take time off to do a thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, at least I assume that. Um, but, yeah, interesting. Wait a minute. Chris Jericho was in Terrifier 2. I think, yeah, I've, I've heard about this. He's How been in more movies this? before. Like, yeah, a lot of wrestlers do bit parts in movies. I'm sure it pays well. You know what I mean? Like, or maybe that doesn't pay well, but it gets you in with the Hollywood that, you know, it's not like just because The Rock is a super success story or John Cena now is a super success story that you get in on that or Batista, you know. Okay, Those are you the ready three to hear the pitch for this rule. movie? Okay. Dark Match follows a small time wrestling company who, quote, accepts a high-paying gig in a backwoods town only to discover when they arrive that the community is run by a mysterious cult leader with devious plans for their match. All right, well, that cult leader needs to be played by QT Marshall. I am so fucking down for that. <laughs> that sounds awesome. All right, so... Um, and also, you know the cult is called The Factory. Yes. The cult of person... All right, now... <laughs> Uh, so, AW's announced two more 2023 dates. So, returns to Independence, Missouri, and Long Island were announced. So, not new dates. When are we this going time. to Short Island? Ew. <clears throat> no, we're, so we're going back to the UBS the Arena April 5th. So, I'm sure MJF will most likely still be champion then. So, yeah, and Maryland. And what Zuma. are you going to do when Jeff Jarrett and, and Sanjay Dutt, not even Jay Lethal, those are the two that win the titles? <laughs> Cry tears of joy as TNA is finally beaten AEW. No. <laughs> Impact, brother. <laughs> so, Sasha Banks has been in the news a lot lately, right? Everyone's kind of wondering, you know, what's up next? Hey, we, shoddy. We covered last week. Sasha Banks is a good brother, that's for sure. We covered last week. She was, uh, you know, linked Fine to New Japan. Oh, sorry. She was linked to New Japan for Wrestle Kingdom. Whether that's setting up a match for their Which is interesting because you know, even though there is that setup with what is it stardom, like they don't actually have a, they've only had like a handful of women's matches on New Japan yeah, shows. They've, they've right? literally like, just gotten their women's title like two months ago. So but it, yeah, it's like, all stardom wrestlers. So um so some new details came out. Uh this comes from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Meltzer noted that while Banks Agreement is with New Japan Pro Wrestling. It also includes one stardom date, likely a major show the promotion has planned for the spring. So he he wrote, the deals with New Japan, but one would include one day for stardom. That would be for a show that is expected in April. But the company had planned in the biggest show in history, uh, which will tentatively be announced on 1229 at the Stardom Sumo Hall show. Gee, I wonder if there'll be, there's a weird date that's missing on, on, on that Best of Seven series calendar. Charlie, you know, I, I wonder if this. 
this group of guys that's gonna be there if it's the biggest show in history <laughs> yeah i, I ah, hey, man. no they couldn't they couldn't be there yeah right so we'll we'll see what that's all about but you know here's the thing she also has been showing up in some magazines in japan so she had Hey-o? a big she had a big article in some uh Japan magazine. And yeah, so this is I mean to me, if you guys don't know, Sasha Banks is my favorite women's wrestler. She has been for years way. at this point. Um this is the way. I like those odds. She literally was in the Mandalorian. She, like I know that might sound crazy, like how is she your face? All time, Sasha Banks is my favorite wrestler of all time for women's. And she's even one of my favorite just wrestlers of all time. So if to say I'm curious about this or I'm very intent on following it is to say the least. Like she shows up at Wrestle Kingdom and, and you know, this is going to be fucking huge. This is this when Charlie Finagle's in uh, Sasha Banks as his favorite independent wrestler of uh, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be one of the awards. Uh, yes. So – yeah, man. Um, I mean, you know, you you know that, but it's it's just, yeah. This is really cool to follow. I think this is fucking huge too, man. If she does go and wrestle in Japan, I want to see her face Yamashita. I mean, I want to see her face so many of these women. Let's get a match with Kyrie, like fucking. Let's run it. So, uh, before we jump into the changes, uh, Athena has been announced to defend the ROH Women's Title on a January indie show. So this match is January 21st at Prestige Wrestling, where she will face Miyu Yamashita. Um, holy fuck, I'm down for that match. Let me just say that. And Garrett, you know what this means. It's most likely going to be on AEW Dark, because that's what they like to do with these, and Prestige Wrestling has already given rights to the show before. So, <coughs> excuse me. How do you feel about the new Athena versus Miyu Yamashita? And Honestly, that should headline the show straight up. I mean, it didn't last time though, so I mean, it should be a really good match though. No, I'm saying um, it should headline this prestige wrestling show. Oh, I mean, yeah, I probably will then. Um, in that case, yeah, because I'm pretty sure they didn't show uh, the most anticipated match on the show on either of those shows when they had AEW titles. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, first, although they might have had a main event already pre-planned, so who knows? But anyway, um. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, it's it's going to be really interesting because we know Yamashita is obviously really talented, so. She's so, um, she's incredible. So, I mean, we'll just have to see how that goes. Because, um, you know, not every match is going to be perfect. So, like, not even both matches with Thunder Rosa were amazing. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, I'm just really, I, I'm really intrigued, I would say, is the way I would put it. Yeah. So, last week we covered, um... I want to say his name was Michael Mansory. He was hired as the co-executive producer of AEW and senior vice president. Long-standing guy in the wrestling community. Uh, so, so a follow-up to that. This also comes from The Observer. And Meltzer wrote that AEW head Tony Khan and Warner Bros. Discovery had decided to change the look of the show and that those changes will go into effect this January. No details were given as to what those changes will entail. So... Basically, after one year on TBS, it sounds like we're going to see a brand new kind of AEW vibe to the show. My guess is... I would imagine this is like an aesthetic change, right? Because I can't what I'm see thinking. them yes. changing like the way yeah, the show Yeah, it's not going to be like in the actual show, but more like 
probably probably the uh the entrance way you know your 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 ramps even, even maybe just the way it looks because it looks kind of like exactly like wrestling on the indie scene is presented on tv like i think they might even change it to be like a more like a sports entertainment sort of like presentation on television just because their television presentation is as much as i like the show it's not as good as like another wrestling other wrestling shows out there you know like even ring of honor looks so much better when ring of honor puts it set together properly you know like little things like when when aw made the changes to bring the lights back i mean little things added so much and i think it's due for a fresh turn up i mean we've had we're going into i mean january right that's four years since we've had aw announced in October of next year, that'll be the fourth year, right? 2019, 2020, 2020, fifth year, technically. So it's we've had a, a similar look for, you know, four years at this point. And I, I'm okay to freshen it up. Every once in a while, when like Raw or SmackDown would freshen up their show, sometimes it would look great. When that first Raw change came in after the draft in 2016, I thought Raw looked so fucking cool. I loved it. So... And it, all it did was just literally change graphics and shit. So, yeah, that's a little follow-up to that from last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, there's a TNT title match set for AW Dynamite New Year's Smash where Samoa Joe will defend the TNT Championship against Wardlow. So that's not this coming uh, Wednesday, but next week. That's going to be a big match, man. Big meat, big men, you know? Big meaty men slapping meat. And our final news of the week, former NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose has been released from WWE. This kind of came as a shock. Uh, We covered last week the shock that she lost the title. I mean, I was like, I was pretty nuts because she had held the thing for over 400 days. And honestly, I feel like her stock is at an all-time high as a wrestler because of this, a big part because of this title reign, you know? So, you know, why was she released? Well, the nature of of content Rose was posting on Fantime played a role in her departure. Which is a little... uh, You know... Yeah, I didn't know how... I'm I'm curious your opinion on this, because I don't actually know... So here's the thing. I don't know what general opinion people have out there about... Here's what I'll say. ...sex work like that is. And and let's just be clear. That's what we're talking about here. We can define it as what we want. But what we're essentially talking about is does somebody have the right to while they're working for another company like WWE or something like that? Do they have the right to, you know, use their body in a sex work kind of way like that to make money? Is that something they can get away with? Um, for me, I personally don't give a shit. But I'm curious to hear your take on it. And I think you should be able to I'm do with the you, hell man. You, want. I, you know, hey, let her make the money that she can make right now. Like fuck it. And a report came out literally today that supposedly. Her agents already said she's made over 500k since her release. And guess what? She didn't take a single bump to do that. So, you know, good on her. I I think here's the thing. There there is a decent amount of hypocrisy in this because you know, remember when we covered Athena leaving WWE, one of the things they kept telling her was, "Oh, you need to be more sexy. You need to be more this, that." And they would show Mandy Rose, you know, be real sexy on WWE TV, but yet when she wants to be sexy on her own accord it's a problem that you know you run into these double standards there's this whole line i mean you could really dive into it if you guys want i'm not gonna spend time talking about that if you're interested in this i'm sure some of you are like oh what happened here here's what i'll say 
her stock has never been higher. If she goes, if she continues wrestling, I I think AW could say a lot by signing her. And I, I feel like, because we have wrestlers in AW that have their own, you know, their own websites. They're their only fans. They're, they're whatever. It's nothing out of the norm. Make your money. Go ahead. Do your thing. Like, GG. Like, you know what I mean? So, I think this would be, this could be huge. And, you know, we didn't even talk about, another thing we could talk about with Sasha was, who the fuck's going to be Paige's partner? I, I did it again. Who's going to be Soraya's partner? You know? Paige, yeah. Paige, yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. This is shocking to me, you know? Any, uh, any thoughts from you? I mean... Yeah, it's, I mean, I just—it's shocking I, to say the least. So, and it's um, it's disappointing. Like you, you, it is. you know, but like it's not—it's not really surprising from WWE. They had a stance against Twitch. Like, how are they going to let somebody do this? You know, like, mm-hmm. um, so, and I'm like, I—it's really weird because, like, I, you know, uh, for those that don't know, I have a I have a Fansly page. You know, um, I don't really post on there a whole lot, but I do have one. You know. So for me, this hit a little close to home because it'd be like if Twitch said to me, you can't have that other page, you know, um, because you represent our platform and Amazon would not like that representation associate. It's like the same level of, of organization. Maybe it's a much bigger company. You know what I mean? Twitch is probably not, but you know, like, um, like it's parent company certainly is. So it's like, I, it worries me because if, if companies can just say you're an entertainer that works for us, under contract and according to your contract you can't do that then i mean if you signed that contract i guess yeah but if it's not in your contract that says hey you cannot do this you know uh this exact thing because what, what are we talking about here she's selling i mean essentially we'll just say what they are photos and videos and stuff like that of you know with a more i'm going to use the term lewd because that's what i usually use in the context when i'm speaking about it on my own personal you know um like when i'm discussing this in other places but like it's of that more lewd kind of content and you know if that's something that it's like a well what's the phrase i'm looking for here it's like an exchange of goods and services kind of thing you know like it's just like people exchanging money for something that the other person wants you know what i mean like if that makes people uncomfortable, I'm sorry. It's 2022. We live in a world where there are people that do OnlyFans and Fansly and these other pages and stuff like that for a living. It's a thing. Those chatterbaits existed for like how many years? This is gonna be the most canceled podcast of all time on on the ratings. But you know, like, because um, <laughs> it's gonna be like, ah, oh, bury that one. Good thing we don't upload to YouTube, or we'd be immediately like done. But like, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. It just it's well, weird. It's to one me of those things. Because... It's, it's a topic that people, you know, everyone. Some people are going to have beliefs that they they stick on, but here's the thing. I mean, look, it, this was legit. She was released. It was that was a that that was the reason. I mean, now if she was given warnings here and there and she kept pushing the lines, yeah, that is what it is. If they warn, I mean, you that's the thing. We don't know the full story yet. So as more time comes out, yeah, I don't know anything about the website, but let's assume that it's like the other ones that I mentioned, and it's a relatively safe website where. You can, and I think that's the thing, like, because traditionally sex work has been really dangerous and like, not a good thing for the person that has to engage in it, you know? Um, this is a way online for that to not be a thing, you know? And people to yeah. make money doing stuff. And, you know, and I feel like 
these websites wouldn't still exist if the customers weren't satisfied. So I, there's a weird, weird way to phrase it. I know, but like, I don't know. It's a weird, no, Jesus, we're a lot. Juxtaposition. But I know what you mean. And I guarantee others do too, you know? So it's interesting, you know, like, I don't know. It's a, so yeah, that'll, that's it for our news. Um, lots to talk about. And it, like I said, we had some interesting stuff to talk about today, but let's jump into, uh, let's jump into more results. So you had dark elevation this week, Garrett. Uh, my mute button was being a bitch there. All right, we opened up AEW Dark Elevation number 93 with Hemi Sakura. Can't believe it's uh, already 93, by the way. Sorry. What, well, yeah, it's crazy. I, I'm still saying I need that Hemi Sakura on a pole match for Dark 100, but um, who's fighting yeah. for? Uh, we need uh, the, uh, the honor is being fought between uh, Mesa Ruga and um, uh, Shida. Fuck it, you know, um. Maki Ito and fucking Yuka Sakazaki. <laughs> Maki Ito. Had, I actually think that'd be an interesting pairing, but um but Maki Ito is fucking insane, but it's awesome. Um I feel Great like Twitter Maki ball. Ito secretly is like the 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 Darby Allen of the women's wrestling community. I feel like secretly, you know. Oh, definitely. But anyway, um yeah, and she did some We Will Chop You and then she locked in, I think it was like a mood lock for the win. Um so that was interesting. Uh, we had a 2.0 squash. Uh, they hit the tandem DDT spike. One, two, three. Uh, GGs. GGs. It was so short that when when Daddy Magic joined commentary, they were like, "What the hell?" <laughs> anyway, uh, we had the Butcher and the Blade backstage, and uh, they said they are reality. Uh, that's Zach. That's Zach Clayton's gimmick, actually. But all right. Who the? Um, <laughs> true, 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 true. Um, and uh, they said there that everyone's ass is grass, and they were going to smoke it, which is you know classic wrestling phrase. Um, we had Willow, uh, squashed. It was short, uh, but it was also, she also had some short armed lariats in it that were nice. Um, nice, nice little combo of those moves. I, I just like, uh, like Willow wrestles like a really like clean style. Like it's just like nice. It's just good wrestling, you know? Um, yes. And then we had the spine uh, the bind. Oh, go, wait, go ahead. Oh, real quick about her opponent, uh, Vert Vixen. Yes. Some of you guys yes. might know her as Glitch the Gamer from uh, WoW TV. So women huh. Glitch, Glitch the Gamer. Okay. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah. So there was uh, some spine of the pine. Bide. It's a little bit of spine on the pine from the spine buster, which, uh, you know, fucking got the win. And then uh, TJ fucking beat her up for reasons. And uh, then we had Destination. <laughs> Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho. Uh, pick Welcome up the win. back, Ruby. Or pick up the win, pick up the save, I guess. Uh, make the save, however you rephrase, you know, things. And then we had uh, Zach Clayton. Who the fuck is that? And uh, some jobber. And so I guess two jobbers took on the best friend. Hey, and... come on! <laughs> you leave Zach Clayton. Zach Clayton, no goddamn jobber. Just wait until we get guy. Zach Clayton and Action Andretti on a team, and I'll bury both. No, anyway. um, Bro. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Damn it. Um... <laughs> It'll happen though. But anyway, um, you yeah, know, uh, I like Clayton. I keep saying this every Clayton match, getting in there with more experienced wrestlers. Uh, I don't know if it actually means anything because I, you know, he hasn't really progressed in a while. I'm just being honest. Um, but they got a, st- you know, the best friends had a strong zero combo and that picked up the win. So that was interesting. And then, and wait, the fuck? This is the main event. Charlie, this is the main event. <laughs> All right. In the main event of the, of the evening? 
we had Brandon Cutlet and <laughs> Chaos Project taking on Ari Davari and the Varsity Athletes. Now, first of all, this team is like all this is all heels versus each other. Like, I'm sorry. Just I just love Cutlet. I love that you say Cutlet every time. It, it, I think it, I picked that up from like Cornette or something like that. It's but, fucking brilliant. Um, but it's great, so I'm using it. Um, I could go for a nice, really thin chicken Cutlet. Some fucking cutlets, bud. But anyway, um, yeah, and Chaos Project. I didn't have any notes about this match whatsoever because it was fucking boring. And uh, Mark I'm actually Sterling, not going to debate. Agreed. Mark Sterling obliterated Texas, which was fun. Uh, but I put, I literally wrote one thing in my notes for this main event, which was yawn. So take us through Dark One Seventy Four. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna meditate on this point for one second. I think. Tony Nese and Josh Woods. I, I, it's just not working. I, I mean, I, I think they still work as a team. I don't think they ever didn't work as a team. They just need something. To see, do. I, I, I think Josh to to save Josh Woods' career at this point, we need to get him away from Nice sooner than later. I just don't think they mesh together, and I don't know what it is. Truthfully, I have no idea. Maybe they need a third partner. Maybe it's Fuego. I'm gonna plug Fuego into every fucking hole that he can fit in. But hey, yo. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, me, I, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know what it is, but all I know is Josh Woods has something. And so does Tony Nice. But it's not working together. But then again, they were against Cutlet and the fucking Chaos Project, so who knows? Alright, I had Dark Episode 174. That's incredible, by the way. These were taped last month, and you could feel it. All right, Ty Mello with Sammy Guevara defeated Miranda Vianette. Uh, this was pretty easy. She goes on to face uh, Ruby this Wednesday. Easy money. All right, the factory. QT Marshall, Cole Carter, Lee Johnson defeated Joe Keys, Chris Steeler, and LSG. Um. I got to say, Lee and Cole, man, there's something there. Talk about a pairing, right? You, you have your Woods and Nice, but Carter and Johnson, man, I, I really like these guys as a duo. I can't wait till the factory in 2023. If we were doing a fucking 2023. They sound show, like a fucking law firm. Carter and Johnson. Carter and Johnson. Call Carter and Johnson, 444-77. Marshall Fix Carter your. and Johnson, a.k.a. the factory. <laughs> We treat our clients well. Um, no, this was good. When the factory, if we were doing a, a 2023 bold predictions episode, one of the ones I would say is the factory winning the trio's titles because they're going to have a fun run with it. I actually, I, isn't the rumor right now that the factory isn't going to be a thing anymore? Like, eh, it might be. I actually don't even know. But I, this is the but this is the match at which point in my notes I wrote that the comp, the self reference on dark commentary has entered multiversal multiversal incursion levels. So, oh yeah. no. <laughs> Uh, Zach Clayton, who the defeated Steve Pena. Uh, he just beat him up, stiff up a cut in the corner. He played to the crowd for a bit, continued to get the beat this down. This is a bit of an indictment, and I'm sorry, Zach. I've been a supporter of yours, oh, especially because no. I like, I like, but it's what I put in my notes. I think it's more time before I would use him regularly. Yeah. I think he needs to figure it out. Does this guy, does he wrestle indie dates? Like, I don't know. Like, he must. He must. Uh, but yeah, he, he won with the brain buster. Kip Sabian and Tony Deppin. I was like, oh, right. Here we go. Let's hey, dip our toes hey, in a buddy, little bit. Here we go, pal. So, Kip Sabian. 
kind of started the mass off, match off with a wrist lock. Um, after getting the crowd reaction that he wanted, Sabian tossed Depp on his toes. He, you know, he's kind of trying to keep him on his toes with some hard-hitting action. Send him to the floor with a kick. Sabian rolled Deppin back in the ring. Moments later, he delivered a really nice springboard drop kick to Deppin that sent him flying across the ring. Sabian then attempted his finisher. Deppin turned it into a small package for a near fall. Deppin would follow up that near fall with a running knee attack in the corner for yet another near fall. Sabian regained control for the match after tripping Deppin, causing him to face plant into the middle turnbuckle. Following that, Sabian hit Deppin with a reverse fireman's carry slam for the win. Really solid match, I thought. I mean, yeah, Tony Deppin's been someone we we really like. He was just on the, he was just on that previous ROH show, right? I'm not forgetting that. Um, yeah, no, he's still like technically in the Ring of Honor contract, so which is pretty cool. He was know? he's been nice, Makes me happy. Kip Sabian again. I think he's just you know, it's been a while since he wrestled. His 2023 so is going to be awesome. I like. agreed, and that's kind of yeah. He's still getting these these. How do you say? Uh, uh, like Jericho called it a tune-up match, right? Where, you know, he's going out there wrestling a good match with Tony Depp, and, and I can't wait for Kip and Orange. I really That's can't. common to last. I don't remember who Kip, Kip was, like, doing something with last, but, like, I remember that was a similar thing he did there. He likes to build up, and, like, he'll have, he'll, he'll, he like, he's almost a heel. It's, like, an arrogant heel in that way, where, like, he's just building himself up. He's like, no, I don't need to fight you. I'll just wrestle these good matches. And I'll wrestle Tony Nese. I'll wrestle this guy. I'll wrestle that guy. You know what I mean? And then... By the time you get there, you're like, damn, I, this guy might beat the champ. He's been killing everybody, you know? Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, Eddie Kingston and Ortiz defeated the Trust Buster, Jeeves K and Slim J. Uh, Sonny Kiss and Parker Boudreaux were out there. Can I rather see, I really don't like Jeeves K on this team, man. I really, wish this not was, feeling the Trust Butler. I'm I in. really wish this was Sonny or Parker Wrestling. I, I, I mean, that's fair, but I like Jeeves. I mean, more people in this group, I don't really care. I just, to me, complete waste of space on this team, and he he has not proven it yet. And I just, it, it kind of, it irks me that he's getting this rep. I'm more annoyed that Eddie and Ortiz are just stuck in dark hell right now. Like they are stuck in dark hell, but he he's getting this spot. That annoys really me more think, than Trust Butler. Like Trust I really Butler think is at least Parker there. should be getting this rep against Eddie and Ortiz. I I, I don't know why Jeeves K is getting this rep. Um, yeah, I spent too much time hanging out with rappers. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, after grabbing his crotch and taunting Kingston early on, uh, Slim J got a single kick on the Mad King before he got fucking his ass whooped. Ortiz had a really nice assisted suplex. K entered and tried to cheat to get an advantage on Ortiz. Tagged, ooh, you know, he was just in the ring. Or Kingston eventually got the hot tag, delivered an exploder suplex to both, delivering a back fist. Kingston made K submit with a signature sleep hold. So... Yeah, unfortunately, Eddie is uh, trapped in dark hell, but I wonder where he's going to go next, right? So, let's jump into Dynamite. I know Cole Cardi will be sleeping with the fishes. Sleeping with the fishes. AW Dynamite opened to the sound of the newly purchased Round Ball Rock, the former NBA and NBC theme, as a caliber welcomes us. Yeah, every now and then, Tony Khan does a fucking rich guy thing. All right, and this was one of them. <laughs> this was one of them. He got his favorite song, and you know what? It works, man. It, it hey, man, gets, respect. It gets you in that sporty mood. I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's fucking do it. It did feel a little bit out of place on a wrestling show. I will not lie. Like, During the intro weird. to this, it did, but the video package they played the yeah, day no, it of, was fine. Like it was, they used it well. But Tony yeah. came out from something. Like play it when we started off. Fuck it. It's like all right, fuck it. Yeah. So, 
All right, let's kick us off. We had the AW Trios champions, Dark Winter Triangle, is coming. defeating the Elite with Don Callis, Brendan Cutler, and Michael Dakazawa, uh, also at ringside. Uh, so they have won match four of the best seven series, and it is now three to one. The North remembers. The North remembers. So here we go. This is another really good chapter in the series, I would say. And the story, again, every match has had a different story. What was the story here? Uh, Nick injured his ankle, and Death Triangle has now fully relied on the hammer. They, The way of the hammer. They, the, the hammer is life to them. Uh, they fully rely on it. And with Nick Jackson selling the ankle injury, I thought that was a nice little touch. And when Pac becomes American, stops using a British accent, and becomes Jack Hammer. Jack fucking Hammer. But here's the thing. Is this hammer going to lead to their downfall? Because now it's three to one. So because of the hammer, because of the I mean, there are no rules going forward, so no. Exactly. Because there's no weapons. So now they're doing no DQ for match five. Match six and seven have other gimmicks, but I I can't remember what they are. I think match seven is going to be a ladder match. One of them is going to be, yeah, the last match will be a ladder match, which is like it's it's the Spanish name for a ladder match, like Escadalera or something like that. Yeah. And then, um, which is, you know, interesting. But the other other match, I think. That match is going to be fucking nuts. Because this was match four. So match five is obviously going to be no DQ. Match six, I think, is going to be. Uh, they they said uh, false count anywhere something like that. They, it'll be another no DQ stipulation. I forget what they said, but they should have just made like one of them like a lights out match. I don't know why they didn't just do that. You know, like I know they want to save those for special occasions, but it's like if it's a seven series, you got to have some gimmicks. I don't know. Needless Is to it say, possible this ends three three? Is that a thing? No, they'll go three three into the ladder match, and that ladder match is going to be the match of all matches of this series. They're we're going to reference. Well, that's what I mean. Like maybe like I don't know. Like the match can't continue because they all take a giant. Almost bump. might have to do a breakdown of the lore of each match just to fucking see how much they mention. Because I guarantee you, there's going to be a Nick ankle spot now. There's going to be a spot where they need to rely on the hammer. I mean, you name it. There's going to be a spot where fucking I bet Phoenix is nervous to use it again. He probably feels like it's gotten the best of him. The dark side has crept in on him. It's eating him alive. Yeah, but Dark Phoenix, which I mean, you know. Oh my the, God! What if this turns them back into Pento Oscuro and Dark Phoenix now? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Pento Oscuro. Shot that name was great when he was feuding Pento with, the, with the Black. Uh, was it the the House of Black? What so, a great little like singles run! I remember being a, a, a being a, a super behind that idea too. They, like, I give this guy really, a shot. That give intro, it to him. his entrance on his own was incredible. So. Uh, the, the match, right? Uh, we oh. had some really good stuff here. Uh, Nick and Penta got the fast start. That was really good. Again, I say it every single time. Pac and Omega. Those two, I swear, have such good chemistry. And they might, you know, two of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix. Whenever those guys touch the ring together, <clears throat> I'm always excited. So, Whenever they touch, they don't touch the ring. They just float. They do float. They fly. So when Nick... Nick Jackson uh, limped back to the ring uh, right after Pac missed the Black Arrow. He made the tag. Nick ran wild with the Lariats, hit a mid-air cutter on a springing Phoenix. Pac took the ref as Nick went for the super kick. Phoenix blocked and Penta smashed the ankle with the hammer. Oh my, I mean, dude, this shit's fucking, I love this shit. He smashed that ankle and Nick sold it like a million bucks. Phoenix sank an inverted knee bar. Pac locked up Omega from breaking up the submission as Nick tapped out. So... Oh, 
dude, I just can't wait because now you know this, dude. You know this because this is what they do. Next week, we're going to have this fucking ankle. And I'm not kidding you. Something crazy is going to happen to this ankle again. And we're going to think, oh, shit, they're going to lose. Just like, dude, this is so cool. I mean, I'd be crazy if they like won the championships, but like the story was like they, they actually have to redrop them because they, they screwed his ankle up so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know people would be really disappointed by that, but they'd already be two time trios champions anyway. You know what I mean? Like, and because it's not like even though they were stripped of the titles, they were still technically champions for a day, I think, right? Like, that's how it's going to go down in history, right? Like, at least I think, like, or at least maybe they, maybe they weren't even. Until the stripping of the titles was announced, maybe that's, you know, like I'm wondering what weapons are going to be used. Um, probably everything. You know, everything they can get their hands. Do those on. guys? Do, do they have like a signature weapon that I'm missing? I mean, right a lot now? of tables get used by both type both. Oh, sides. you know what? You know what? I could see them using hmm. the thumbtacks on the on one of the boots. I could see that. Uh, yeah, yeah. the super kick. Like we haven't, we, they've only done that one time since we've covered the podcast. They usually like to pull out that, uh, like the barbed wire contraption for someone to get flipped into as well. They might bring yeah. that out. That's a pretty They're common thing. Get creative. I want to see Legos. I want to see Adam Cole come out and, uh, and that's interfere. the weapon. No, who are we kidding? The weapon's the unbreakable fucking machine, Brian Cage. In <laughs> a weapon so, X him. Yes. Alrighty, so backstage, Alex Marvez with MJF. We said last week was a star making performance by Ricky Starks. While the first Dynamite MJF was already a star, it took Starks this long to do it. At 26 years old, MJF is a star maker. He ran down Ricky Starks and the fans. He grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth. MJF isn't under any pressure tonight. He already has it all. While Starks is everyone to let down, he's going to turn that pebble into dust. The, the idea of him being born with a silver spoon while we're showing the book of Hobbs, I, I would love if those stories collided somehow. Yeah, but that means Hobbs has to lose. Or. Oh? Oh? He doesn't. Nah, nah. <clears throat> no, but you know what I mean? Just the way those stories are weaving in and out is really cool. Each week. Yeah, no, that'd just... be cool. There's parallel, parallel stories. That's on purpose. I mean, the last time we saw parallel stories like that, they definitely collided. I just hope that Hobbs is like in a position where he can somehow work his way into win. That. I just would be really disappointed if Hobbs just was a, a fodder for MJF, you know? Like, yeah, no, it can't be. We, we can't do that. Not the that that's what Ricky Starks is, by the way. Ricky Starks put up a really good effort. That's why his match was a favorite this week. Like, Absolutely. The Acclaim were on their way to the ring with Max Caster cutting a rap, making Brittany Griner and Elon Musk references till they were attacked by Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Jeff Jarrett, and Satnam Singh. Caster tried to fight back, but he was laid out by a guitar shot. Jarrett said, scissor this, slap nuts. Slap nuts. Slap nuts. Tony Schiavone is backstage Giovanni. with JAS with Jericho referring to Claudio Casanoli as a flash in the pan, like Joe Exotic or Ricky Starks. So then it'll take his frustrations out of, out on his tune-up match before getting his ROH title match. Jericho said Daniel Garcia should have never lost a pure title and needs to shadow his elder, Sammy Guevara, on Rampage, which did not please Garcia. <laughs> Bro, when we get the Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Garcia match, that's going to be... Uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry defeated ROH six-man champion Brian Cage. So we'll say this: I thought this was a solid match. So How about Brian Cage wins the championship, loses the next fucking champ, next show he's on. as intended. Uh, this is a <laughs> solid match, and I, I'm liking Jack's quest to defeat all the giants. 
Yeah, Jack's just a Jack the Giant killer, you know. Jack like. the Giant killer, per- perfectly put. I I think this is a fun little uh, this is a fun story to follow. Um, any any takeaways from the match that you felt? And uh, yeah, I guess uh, now he's really, he's going yeah. up against Big Bill next, huh? Yeah, they started quick. Did some really good stuff. Uh, I just didn't give a shit about this match. Um, and uh, they had a phenomenal ending sequence. Uh, I love the call out of uh, Big Bill from uh, you know from. From Mister uh, Jungle Boy, but uh, I was really excited for what came next, Charlie. Because I mean, Charlie, I didn't actually have any idea what I was going to do for a Simmons this week, but I think I just figured it out. Uh, we had a we had a return at the end of the segment. Oh yeah. Um. So and uh, Hook is back, uh, which is fucking crazy. Because I mean, he's been kind of off TV for a little while. I don't know if he had like something he was doing or if they just didn't have any use for him. Um, but now Hook is back, so maybe we'll get Hook on the next pay per view potentially, or on New Year Smash, or I mean, honestly, I I would like Hook to intertangle more with people on the roster. If we get a match in the next week or two, it looks like they're leaning at Hook Hook versus Hook and Jungle Boy as a tag team. I I would so be down for that because Jungle Boy works really well on a tag team. He you can, know? and and Hook's got the beef with Lee right now, so and I think Hook Jungle Boy has Jungle enough experience Boy. that he could teach Hook a wrestling style that he could work. You know, yeah, like, not that agreed. Hook doesn't have it, but. I don't think, again, I don't think Taz is like, no, do it this way. Like, he's just like, here's my style. Here's what you can do with it, you know? Um, and what a pop for Hook when he came back. There's That's only one great thing to hear. Can... We, don't, we don't want him to lose his pop. There's only one thing you can say when Hook comes back, man. I mean. Oh, yeah. What a dude. But, what a, you know. What a dude. What a fool gaze. So, yeah, agreed. That, I thought the match was perfectly fine, like you. Uh, I'm looking mm-hmm. more forward to next week's. I just think, you think yeah. we'll get a uh, Hook versus Brian Cage match, like maybe. That would be great for Hook, actually. An awesome fucking match. Yeah, like, it would be. I, I, Team Taz references to me there that too. that bends that bodes more that bodes better to me than uh, Brian Cage and Jungle Boy. But yeah, hey, hey, where does this where does this end? Does this end with Jungle Boy going after the Ultimate Big Man right it, now? Samoa it Joe? ends with Jungle Boy and uh, Hook versus uh, Christian and uh, Luchasaurus. That's what it ends with. I'm cool with that. That works for me. Alrighty, Blackpool Combat Club cut a promo backstage with Moxie recapping their last week. Casanova winning the ROH title, Yuta winning the Pure title, and Moxie choking out Takeshita on Rampage. Casanova said they'll show up everywhere. Brian Daniel C is a goddamn championship. We've had two BCC members, three actually win championships, and Danielson's doing nothing. What the fuck is going on? He's stealing it off Maxwell. That's why they can have. Oh, buddy, Moxie said he'll stomp Sammy Guevara's face into a bloody fucking pulp. I'm gonna tell that son of a bitch to meet me out back. Moxie also said, "Hangman Page, he knows where to find him." Do you think MJF would drop the title for like a month or two to like? Danielson just so he could be a two-time champion. Like, do you think he would do that? Because I think Danielson would definitely drop it back to him immediately if you wanted him to. Like, that is. A I'm great not saying question. I want that, but if that's how we can get a Danielson I, championship I, I can, from, I would before, say this: depending where he potentially goes back, because he probably will go back to WWE eventually. Let's be if real. If eight you know, like, weeks from now, if eight weeks from today, we're starting to feel MJF fatigue already, I do think they'll drop it and give it back to him. But if it's eight weeks from now when it still feels as fresh as it did yesterday. Because, like, with Mox and Punk, that's clearly there's something that they can, like, because we were feeling fatigued with, Punk, with Mox a little bit. We weren't there yet, but I think everyone was could agree that when they gave it to Punk was the right time. You yes. Know? Um, but also Mox ended up being a great champion anyway, so it worked out, you know. It worked out, but it wouldn't have worked out. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all agree that 
things went the way that they should have. I, I think that'd be really interesting. I didn't mean to derail the show a little bit, but you know, like that, it was just something that popped into my head. I was like, huh, I bet that, cause that would be interesting. And I would love like a show. I would do even a short title reign with Danielson just going around being like, I'm the fucking champion and you can't do anything about it. Fine. Challenge me and try and get it back. And MJF will be like, well, well no, I, I won't be doing that. I'll do it at the pay-per-view. Do it at the pay-per-view there, bud. Swerve. Strickland video was shown of his actions at Final Battle. Says next week he and Keith Lee will have their face off on Dynamite. Count me in, buddy. Count me in. Bros, I, I love me some Swerve. Just, oh, Same. What a dude. What a dude. I, I, oh man, big year upcoming for Swerve. The House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews with Julia Hart. All right, we got to work out whose fucking house this is. Is it Swerves? Is it Serps? Is it, is it, who else says it's there? It's, pa- it's not Paige's house anymore because it's Soraya now. They defeated the factory, Aaron Solo, Cole Carter, Nick Camarado with QT and Lee Johnson. This was, by all accounts, a statement victory. They, they, they slaughter. Camarada threw his lollipop at Julia Hart, responded with the mist to the face, so Julia has unlocked the ability to have mist. Yeah, Julia is now a level one mage. Level one. Potentially level two. Uh, the factor was demolished by King and Matthews. The bell rang. It was immediately three on one. Marshall needed a miracle. The black mask That's wiped cool. him out. That's cool. The House of Black has like a party. Like you get like you know how you sometimes when you're in an RPG with multiple characters, like you get a party bonus for having certain members in your squad. Like having Julia has apparently added another another spellcaster ability. This this was basically the first battle of Tumbleton. I mean, this was a fucking annihilation. I mean, everything just went downhill. The black mask wiped out Marshall. Black got the quick pin. Garrett. Do they still call it that that move? Because I have no idea. I have I no believe idea so. Yes. Call it. Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure because wrestling moves technically they try not to do that. Sometimes they reinvent the move with a different company or whatever. But like, I don't think they can like, I don't think they can like copyright your wrestling move. I don't think. Maybe they can. I don't know. But who knows? Good match though. Fucking Nikki boy. Yeah. Uh, welcome back. You know what I mean? Welcome back. Yeah, I missed me some Malachi. The Black. crowd was, loved it too. I was really and, sad when he did. He, I, I mean, I understood why, but I was really sad when he had to go. You know, I was like, "Oh, I like me Malachi." Agreed, but welcome back, Jamie Hader and Hikaru Shida had a video package running each other down prior to their AEW Women's Title match next week. Renee Paquette is backstage with Britt Baker and Rebel. Uh, Baker said she is not going to be a big thing for Hader. It, it is not going to be a big thing for Hader to beat Shida. Baker beat her with a broken nose. Hmm. Sky Blue interrupted. I think this is like one of the first couple times I've heard Sky hey, Blue talk. Shoddy. Sky hey. Blue, good brother, of course. We know this. Hey. She interrupted and challenged her for Rampage. Baker was insulted. This is Rampage, accepted. baby. Does this, 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 uh, let me catch my words here. Does this <laughs> prove to us that I think Sky Blue is moving up the roster, right? I think she has been ever since um, like Soraya got there. Like her and Willow have both kind of become permanent roster members since then, which I think is I'm, – I'm, if Soraya is responsible for that or like the whoever is in charge of the women's division is taking it more seriously now or something, great. I love it because that's been one thing I've been critical about for a long time. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Charlie. It's been a while since I had really anything to complain about in the women's division, to be honest with you. like I think we're getting 
more except baby with faces. Jade, but the Jade stuff's more like stuff that I've been complaining about for a while. That I think everyone's starting to realize now. It's like, oh, there's just nothing you can do. Like she's, you just gotta find a really good opponent. Yeah, I mean, she's just have, gonna have to come along naturally. I'm really hoping it's Sky Blue because it'd be fucking great for her career. But I don't think it'll happen. You know, like anytime soon. But like, yeah. Other than the Jade stuff, which is just kind of a bit of a mess because like they kind of backed themselves into that corner a little bit. Like, uh, you know, which is yet mean, again, hey, we have no challengers for. You know again. what I just thought. They kind of hinted at some stuff with Red Velvet this week, I think on Rampage. Which I, we will dive into. If that's who yes. it is eventually, ultimately, if it's just to build Red Velvet up, a phenomenal way for her to get a championship win would be over Jade. So, I mean, you know, but that's still, I think, it's weird to say because Jade's been champion for so long. I still think we're a ways away from Jade losing that title, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, we're getting close to a year. I mean, we're a year in a couple weeks, so we'll, we'll talk maybe, about Maybe it. the year mark is the right time. Maybe that's why you start the hints there. But, like, other than that stuff, the women's division has been pretty solid. So I'm, with I'm really Ruby glad to back see Sky now. get an opportunity. Oh, with Ruby back, yeah, too. And whenever we get uh, Stat and uh, – well, um, Oh my Layla? God, I think of her name. Yep, Layla. That's who I cannot think of her name, Layla Hirsch. Dude, she would have literally been the breakout star of the year if she could not have, if she had like not gotten hurt when she did. Like, I'm not even kidding. People think I'm exaggerating. She was having nothing but good matches. I don't understand where this girl came from, why she wasn't on anybody's radar before, but man, she was really good. Like, I'm really, she'll, she hopefully has a really great 2023 as well. It makes Same. sense to talk about this stuff now because this is the last. This is the last show of the season, technically, right? Like, you know. Well, yeah. Well, we got uh, well, other than awards, you know. But New Year's Smash. I think you know. I'm, the more I'm thinking about this, I think on New Year's Smash we'll have a section kind of maybe before the show or after. We'll dive into some 2023 stuff. I, I would like to because that's on my mind a lot too right now. You know, Sky Blue, I'm Ricky just, Starks, Stream of Consciousness. That's how I do this podcast. Yeah, so, exactly. You know. And and you know. I think 2023 could be a really big year for AEW and a lot of their newer stars. Because 2022, guys like MGF now becoming our champion, Jamie Hayter our champion, we're transitioning to a new era of stars. I mean, this is it's this is the year. Who were our champions at the start? Was Hangman Page and it was uh, it was Hangman and, and Britt. Britt. Yeah, and now we're at just like the first generation of AEW talent, and this is our next one. Yeah, and now we're at MGF literally and Jamie. Britt's like number one protege. And the guy, the elite, has been grooming for years. To take the guy that the we knew would eventually win the title one day has like, finally won that. Through his like on-screen relationship with the elite, that, I'm sure they're all great friends for them to put this much faith in the guy. You know what I mean? Like oh, one thousand percent. Have to think so. You know, I I like to imagine the backstage MJF is actually like he's not like out of character, but he's chill with everybody because he's got to be because you know they all work together. Exactly. You know, like, and they just they. I feel like everyone does a good conscious job of not make of like making sure we don't catch him. Out of character on video. Ever, yeah. No, because there's probably moments, but you just don't see them. You know, like, it's good. Shout and out when he would do the sticks with uh with Brandy on... on I just loved every little BTE. clip of him from BTE where someone would try and get a clip of him and they'd be like, he'd be like, no. <laughs> no, thanks. Like, I love it. It's good stuff. My favorite um, BTE episode, Dilapidated Toothless Gremlin. If you haven't seen it, enjoy. All right, um, I'm going to have to check that one out, bud. Recap of the incredible dog collar match between FTR and the Briscoes is recapped. Uh, FTR bring up Gun Club, who are desperate for attention with daddy issues. <laughs> they have nothing FTR want, but if building a legacy means going through them, so be it. Beautiful. That's who FTR is. You want to beat FTR? You want to make a legacy in this business? You got to beat FTR. I can't That's believe Dax is cognizant enough to speak after that fucking match. Jesus Christ. They are. This is why I keep going to FTR's current characters of the living legends is going to pave the way for the rest of their career. I'm not kidding. 
this beating them is the hallmark for so many fucking teams. They just the acclaimed. I mean, I love the acclaimed, but that that match they have with the with FTR like legitimized their reign so much. Like it's so ridiculous. That adds to that reign. The Briscoes just beating them. More, I mean, even though they're like fourteen time fucking tag champs, they just beat the living legends. This adds more to their title reign. If you want to do some wrestling math really quickly, that means a match between if this cannot happen, but a match between is honestly probably would never happen, especially because of the circumstances surrounding the Briscoes. But if you could have a match between the Briscoes and uh, the Acclaim, the wrestling math points to that because well. FTR got beat by both teams, so who's the better team? And we'll probably never know, but this is an interesting thought, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Chris Jericho is shown having a temper tantrum backstage following his loss. They do a little uh, Ricky Starks is warming up backstage uh, while MJF is getting massaged, looking at his phone. I love it. Ruby Soho took on a defeated Tay Mello. Uh, with Sammy Guevara was out there. This was kind of the revenge match. Uh, Mello broke her nose. After a really, really ugly uh, mixed tag match. I mean, honestly, it's kind of one of those things that. Back when I was trying to get both Orptiz and Ruby booked, like kept, kept reviewing their matches really positively. And then she broke her fucking nose. Yeah. And it was just, there was really bad drops by Sammy Guevara, even in the match that it was really, it was not a highlight moment for anyone involved. But now Ruby's back. She's in her nose job era. And you know what? I thought this looked awesome. I'm I'm so glad she's back. You know, they sh- <laughs> Taz made a question of uh, you know, were Mello and Guevara sharing their lunch? Uh <laughs> and then he sang along the <laughs> Ruby's theme, which while we don't have that, we have this beauty. Remix Jones is strong. Remix Jones and you know, here's the thing. They brawled ringside. The 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 fucking it was hot, it was heavy. DDT on the ramp, bud. Yep, DDT on the ramp. Uh, throughout most of the break, Mello took control and then ripping up a Ruby Soho sign in the process. Soho fought her way back, driving Mello's face repeatedly into the corner. Soho leapt off the top, rolled through. Mello popped up and hit a pump kick. Really nice pump kick. Yep. Both ladies traded stiff, stri- stiff strikes. Mello hit a throw Dude, and it got I was fucking laying it in this match. Yeah, I thought she was Athena for a second. Like, goddamn. Now you bring up a good point. Mm-hmm. Soho and it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the God Style Power Driver for two. Soho blocked the TKO. Got a knee to the face and playing Mello with the destination unknown for the win. Ruby, 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 Soho. Anna J immediately attacked Soho post-match and laid her out with a gory bomb. Give me that match next, please. And this Thank just you. makes the most sense, right? Let him go, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let him cook. Let him cook, let him cook, let him cook. Hey, I got a question for you. This is a weird question that just popped into my head. Does this does JAS need a third female member? I feel like it does. It might. I wouldn't I wouldn't It feels like that would complete the set in my head. I don't know why. I don't I, know who hey, it would be. I could see it. I could see it. Who would it be? Hmm. Sky Blue? Huh? Oh, that'd be a heartbreaker. No, she, we can't, bro. She's our baby face. She, but she can't go to the BCC. I'm sorry. I love her, but she's not. That, that's a different thing. You know what I mean? I feel like I would rather them form like a female faction that she could be a part of, a la how Wheeler got lifted up that way. You know, Sky so, Blue should be a baddie, straight up. I'm, I don't make the rules. No, I mean, I, I thought that a while back, but they didn't go that way. And they clearly wanted to be a baby face. And they are kind of hurting for women's baby faces right now with injuries. and Yeah, her, her and Willow, I mean, their stocks have gone through the roof with the injuries. And they're taking every advantage. 
So <laughs> that time went past. It's like Willow, Willow, <laughs> Willow, Willow. Uh, Alex uh, Marvez is, a... is trying to talk oh. to Hangman Adam Page. He's being checked by a doctor with Evil Uno by his side. Page said the update was when he was unconscious for 60 seconds last month. He came to and learned he had 100 text messages. When he unlocked his phone, saw his son's photo, he couldn't remember his name at first. Page said if Moxley wants to send him to hell, then he's taking Moxley with him. Bro, that's some dark shit. For that Hangman. is some dark shit. Uh, Evil dark Hangman. It might be my favorite. Like, uh, do you know what Hangman? It could be like fucking Batman, where he's not evil, but he like he's darker and he's got like a fucking dark past that like he doesn't talk about. That I uh, ooh, really good stuff. Literally hitting him in the head. I talked about this with you last week of him hitting him so hard in the head that he's like a little fucked in the head now. That's some wrestling shit, man. I'm sorry, it is like agreed, agreed, and it's it's something. It's just, it's just very enjoyable to follow. And, you know, we're getting a lot of non-title feuds right now. I mean, we just went over, you know. Hey, but you can't give Hangman Page advice about it, though. Yeah, you can. Oh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. That son of a bitch went into business on his own. <laughs> How dare he? Okay, uh, the match. Match five, best of seven, was no DQ. Match six, false count anywhere. Match seven, Escalera de la Muerte, which is our uh, ladder match. And then we jumped into our main event, which was really good. So, winner I can't has believe coming. I remembered that. Winner has come. I'm going to come. It was very good. And Do not come. <laughs> yes! And yeah, so that was good, man. I, I enjoyed it. All right. Let's jump into Rampage. It's Rampage, baby! We kick off Rampage. Hit the show you've all been waiting for. John Moxley, Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara, and... Sammy and Ty Mello. Sammy and Guevara. Sammy, Sammy and John, and Gavar- man. Sammy and Guevara. Here's what I'll say. I really like this match. And you know what? Sammy Guevara has had the definition. The fucking definition of a Rocky Road in 2022. This is what I put in my notes, dude. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Just to Go ahead. This, I, I put this in. This is the point that I wanted to make about this match. Because I really like this match as well. But Sammy's like weird, man. He's like a freak athlete, and he takes risks like Darby, right? Yes. But he's in this, like, weird middle space in the card. Like, he's not in a mid-carder, per se, but, like, he never is going to – he's had world title shots, and, like, he's had – And well, he did great in that shot. match against Danielson for the and, world title, like, going, yes. you know, the qualifier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been in, like, multiple tournaments like that. Like, and he's been in contention for the world title, and he's been TNT champion, like, three times, and he's been, like – he's – but, like – he, he's not in that top category, and I don't know why that is. And it's something that's – I don't know what's holding him back. You know, I, it's, it's just going to be a timing thing. Do you think it's because they've kept him in Jericho's shadow for so long? No, if anything, that's I think that could be elevating his stock from when he doesn't wrestle. He's still featured. Here's what – here's the thing. He had the ultimate Rocky Road. The beginning of 2022, the match with Cody, the fucking ladder match absolutely incredible he 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 puts on great tnt matches week after week after week he dropped it he drops it to scorpio which was the right call he should have dropped it I, I, this is gonna sound weird of all the tnt title reigns we've seen since i think his might have been the best like it weirdly, was the best you know? i fully agreed he dropped up until it to scorpio. joe like up until joe like i think it's probably been the best right like because worthless was a fucking nightmare we we dove into that heavy i mean i i did they fucked up Wardlow's title reign 
Wardlow got fucked so hard. I'm sorry, MJF did a lot of great stuff this year. One thing that he did not do good was he fucked Wardlow pretty hard. But, you know, Sammy just, he dropped it to Scorpio. He wins it back from Scorpio in a just, a nightmare fucking, the genuine nightmare feud. It wasn't good heat. People are like, oh, but he was getting the best booze of his career. No, he's still getting, he's getting better booze now because of his work. They, they were go away heat. It was not good. He then kind of fell to the bottom of, you know, he really drifted. They did this, they did the mixed tag stuff. He's still drifting. And they bring him back and he now in the JAS. And that's when he starts having these matches. The matches with Danielson really brought the stock back up. The four-way match at, uh, it was full gear, correct? That again, delivers. Matches with Danielson again. And now a 15-minute rampage opener with Moxley, which I'm just going to say rampage, this. Baby. Moxley's the fucking man of the year on Rampage. Seriously. How many times has this motherfucker gone out, opened up Rampage, and had a fucking kick-ass match? I, I'm not even kidding. I'm pretty sure he's done it like every one or two to three weeks since he came back, back in like January. Seriously, That's not he even does. a joke. He wrestles on, he wants to be the guy that wrestles on Rampage. I know I, someone came up to him, or he went up to someone, and they made that call, and they're fucking so good. And they in. said, this is Rampage, baby. And here's what I'll say. <laughs> really good match. I, I thought it was paced well. The Ocho stuff was still kicking ass. And Ocho. I just, I, I got to imagine. This is, how do I put this into words? How do I try to put this into words when I'm trying to? This is kind of an, an elevation in Moxley's career, right? Where I think this is the thing is like, uh... I think if you did six months ago, told Tony Khan, all right, you're going to pick a star that you're going to go forward with. And he's going to be your main star. And he's going to lead your company forward. Like everybody and their brother and their sister and, and everybody else that they know would have told you it would have been CM Punk, you know? Um, but I think because of the, what happened, which and we, the injuries, ultimately the injury, it kind of yeah, goes back injury. to the injury. Actually, honestly, what happens could have happened and CM Punk could have still been the star going forward. It would have taken a lot more working it out between the two parties. Instead, you could just kind of let it exist as it does because of how long Punk's going to be long gone for by then. If it's not under the bridge, both parties can go their separate ways, you know, in one way or another. That's basically what yeah. it's down to now. But if things have worked out differently without Punk being injured, yeah, maybe that still goes that way. But because of what happened, the way that it did, Mox stepped up in a way that I don't, I mean, I think everybody knew he had within him. I think if you listen to Mox talk for years, this is exactly who he thinks he is. And I don't think that he's wrong. I just think that he's always been undervalued, you know? don't think that can be a thing anymore. I think if Mox were to go back to WWE now, he'd be a multi-time world champion and within a couple of years, you know? Um, so, because his value is already known there, and now he's been a multi-time world champion. I mean... You know, with all the retroactive, like, you know, ch champions being like, I can't not see him now being, what do you be like a three-time champion is what he is now, right? Like, he's yep. the first ever, right? So Three-time like, AEW world champion. What an incredible honor. Absolutely deserved. Probably been the purest AEW star that was a non-AEW wrestler that didn't come in with like, he, well, he, you know. He, he was a star before AEW, but he's an AEW original. He's a day one AEW original. And you know what? Fucking good on him, man. Seriously. I mean, let's Good be real. Has every iconic title change pretty much featured Mox for the most part? Like, it feels like it. I mean, the, when he beat Jericho, that was huge. The match against Kenny at the first winter is coming, leading to the biggest title reign for a long time, which was Kenny's. You know, yeah. I mean, and then that ultimately like led 
to Kenny, who eventually came back around to which that's you know that's separate stuff with Hangman, but and then he had a match with Hangman. I want to say at one point, maybe not for the title, but like in that lead up. I mean, it's like you know, just, and now he's doing stuff with Hangman. Like Mox is just incredible, really great. He stuff. really is, and Sammy delivered as well. It's really great opening of the show. It was a fantastic opening. Uh so the finish here, uh, Guevara set Moxie up for a superplex. He also went through a chair spot that was beautiful. Or, uh, not a oh, chair, yeah, they hit like uh, a senton through the table. That was yeah. cool. Like, not enough people do sentons. I think it's because Jeff Hardy was around. But like, fuck it, just do sentons. Do it. Let Jeff Hardy do something else. Moxley sent him down uh, after the heat. You know, he tried to go for the super, superplex. Moxley sent him down. Guevara popped back up, took Moxley down with a Spanish fly. Moxley rolled Guevara into a, another bulldog choke. Guevara passed out to give John Moxley the win, and just another fantastic Moxley match. So, after the match, Moxley called out Page, and against the advice of Evil Uno, Page came out. The brawl was on. Page caught a security guard with a buckshot lariat and a gaggle of security. Were barely able to keep them apart. So, I would like to see like the explanation in the promo be last week. Oh, I thought he was in there still, you know, and uh, maybe I'm not 100 percent yet. I don't know, something like that. Agreed, Soraya. Gave us her comments on the upcoming Jamie Hayter and Karushita title match and Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter in general. There is a plethora of talent for Soraya to choose to be her mystery partner. They keep saying the date, the Kia Forum, Jamie Hayter. I think Diana Peraza would be fun. I you think Peraza? I, I I, I'm going to say every female wrestler until they say who it is. If it is Sasha Banks, if the people are going to fucking lose it. This will be a week after That would after be the only Japan. star bigger than Soraya you could actually bring it in. It would like, be. Realistically. This would be a like, week some after current Japan. Talent, you know, like. They've, and it would just, it would honestly, it could potentially, I'm not even going to say potentially. It would be the biggest thing they could possibly do for the women's division since the launch of AEW. Is if Soraya, who's already probably the biggest star they brought in, teams up with Sasha Banks to face two of their homegrown they're two homegrown you know jamie and fucking brit i mean this yeah. this could be potentially just mind-boggling the, the 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 wwe invasion no <laughs> the invasion ftr Pineapple. did an in-ring promo with one-third as many belts as they had last week looking beat up and taped from saturday taped up from saturday apparently dax wheeler broke his ass he showed the crowd um wheeler and harwood cut a promo Appreciative of the fans' support this year, and they called this their best year in their. They called this their best year in wrestling. One thousand percent. No one's going to disagree with that. They promised to give the Gun Club the beating Billy Gunn never did on Wednesday. I like seeing them getting uh, in ring promo. We had a, a promo from them on, on Wednesday that was a little backstage stuff, and it's nice to see them in ring. So, you know, the uh, Gun Club versus FTR. That's it's been teased up for a while. I feel like I've said it every time, but I'm going to say it again. This is the make or break match for the Gun Club. I, I really think the Gun Club need this to go well. Because if it doesn't, no one's going to buy into them. You know? So, the Jade Cargill interview. Dissension was teased between Cargill and Red Velvet with Layla Gray positioning herself as like a snitch almost. So... Uh, I, I think Red Velvet is extremely talented, and if if this lines okay. up being Jade versus Red Velvet somehow, it could be something really special. I mean, yeah, you know, Doctor Doctor oh, Britt shit. Baker, DMD, DMD. She took on and defeated Sky 
blue. This was about a five minute match. Um, about five minutes shorter than it should have at the very least been. Like I feel like you know, I feel like Sky Blue's earned that much. At least give her ten minutes. Come on. Agreed. Uh, so they went to the match was going on for about a minute. They hit the split screen break. After the break, Blue hit a thunder kick, uh, a thrust kick for a near fall. Baker hit a sling blade, then a double underhook into a sit-out suplex for a near fall. How come no one's ever called a move a thunder kick? That sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. Blue caught Baker with a small package for a near fall. Blue tried the code red, but Baker avoided it, and she hit the stomp for the pinfall. Again, there wasn't too much here, but after the match, Baker put Sky Blue in the lockjaw. Sheeta came out with her kendo stick to make the save. Rebel and Baker ate shots from the kendo stick, and she went face-to-face with Jamie Hayter. I'm very excited for Karushita and Jamie Hayter. I mean, this, this to me, is is two of my favorite women. So, you know. Uh, Jim yeah, Ross. Mean, okay. Yeah. Jim Ross interviewed Preston Vance, who ran down the remaining members of the Dark Order and put over his credentials as a college athlete. Vance called number one a smart-nosed little brat and said it's time for him to grow up. Garrett? Grow up, pal. How, Garrett, I mean, you're... I know you're loving this Preston Vance stuff, dude. Yeah, I've been on the Preston Vance should take the mask off train for like ever since I saw him. So like, um, he's a handsome guy. He's a good looking guy, and good looking big men in wrestling are honestly few and far between. You know, like, um, which is not a shot at the other big men. I just, you know, they, they just they, traditionally they go for that more burly big man look. You know, um, but not Preston. And Preston just looks like a normal dude. He's just fucking buff as fuck, you know? Um, he's a big fucking slab of fucking meat, you know? Um, but <laughs> yes, but this uh, is the way, you know. this is the way, but yeah, fucking Preston is just a um, really interesting. I mean, I like the direction they're going with. He's not like a, you know, burying the kid. He's just like, I still think it'd be a great thing. Like 10 years down the line, you know, if that's the match, that's the debut match for, for negative one is negative one versus 10. You know what I mean? Like, whew. The story there. Some money, man. Wardlow defeated Exodus Prime with just a fucking... We uh we posted the clip on our Twitter, uh, the Eat Sleep Elite handle. Shout out Exodus Prime for that fucking sell of the powerbomb, my man. Are you talking about like on the second one? Or whatever? Yes, like, when he like... Yeah, dude. When he kind of like leaned up on his head. Dude, you want to talk about motherfuckers going out there and making the time of their two minutes? Shout out you, Exodus Prime. Good on you. You just earned yourself another. I guarantee you, more people see that and they're like, "Wow, that guy, he could sell his ass off." Okay, Good you watch. Know. This guy will be on the dark tapings for next week as like you know uh, a person who had like a really strong match or something. You'd be like, "Oh, that explains why he was just randomly on an episode of of, of Rampage, baby." <laughs> I, I almost resisted it. I almost resisted. You almost resisted it. You couldn't though. Come on, you couldn't. So. We then jump into our main event, right? Chuck Taylor and Trent Breda and Dustin Rhodes and Orange Cassidy with Dan Housen defeated the Butcher Blade, Kip Sabian, and Trent Seven. Uh, what what do you think of this match? And uh, first of all, the pre match promo was so chaotic. Like we had Drip Sabian's team do their part of the promo, and then uh, I guess Mark was just ready to move on because like, all right, well, I've heard we've heard enough. And then, then Orange Cassidy's team was like, D- "Don't we get to talk?" And then they were like, <laughs> "No, we don't. We're not going to no. talk." And then Dustin was like, "Okay." <laughs> There's been enough talk. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. Um, we had some Trent versus Trent action uh, in this match. Um, is it weird? Is it kind of a weird grouping? You know, like because Trent's technically still not signed or anything, so that's it's weird. You know, um, 
but I like how like uh, Butcher and the Blade are being treated like mercenaries, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's kind of sick. Um, Agreed. Uh, I so. By the way, we eight man tag match. We haven't had one like on TV in a while. I feel like you know. Um, maybe I'm just misremembering, but I feel like it's been a while since we had like a six to eight person tag match. No, it you know it I mean? has been. It's been a few weeks for sure. Um, we had uh, Bunny and Penelope in some uh, interesting looking gear. Uh, which is that that was uh, I'll just let y'all look at what that was. Um, it was a shot where Bunny like leans up on the ring, and I'm just like, damn, the cameraman just don't get paid enough, do they? But anyway, um. Uh, and they had a double fake out at one point that got them tossed. So that was really, so that was a funny spot. So that was probably the most interesting thing that happened in this match. His buddy came in at one point and tried to cheat, but then like Orange Cassidy like faked like he had, she had done some stuff like Eddie Guerrero style. And, uh, it was really funny to see like a sort of thing like that. Cause then Dan Housen hit the ring and did the same thing. <laughs> Wait, Dan Housen wasn't even in the match. I don't think, right. Or I guess Dan Housen no, was. No, he wasn't in the match. Like, He's just a buddy. Yeah, yeah, he was just out there, but he was, I guess, technically the manager or something. But like, you know, whatever. And he faked being hit, and so that ended up getting them both tossed, which was funny. Right, the Dallas Destroyer from uh, Dustin. Dustin, I assume, is going to have a match with somebody at some point down the road because he's been wrestling a bunch. Yeah, and maybe it's Kip. I don't know. Um, but uh, then there was the devastating kicks from Cassidy to the balls, and then uh, we had uh, Trent eating the pin here which i thought was weird uh i guess they must not be planning to use because that's a weird weird spot to have them eat the pin there but i mean hey whatever you know it works yeah like i said he's the guy not signed so you know yeah no i mean so but it's fitting i mean hey another another dynam or a rampage where we open with john moxley we close with orange cassidy and you know what all is right because it makes this is another good hour of rampage like genuinely another really good hour and it was taped so Good on you guys. Rampage is becoming more enjoyable. I thought this was a fun main event, like you said. Really fun stuff. So, what do we got? Let's talk about next week, right? Ricky Starks will be there. Danielson will be there. The Swerve and Keith Lee face-to-face. Death Triangle versus no- the Elite in a no-DQ match. FTR versus Gun Club. That match is going to be like, sneak in there for match of the year after we've already done our award. Then I'm going to be like, God fucking God damn it. fuck. And then FTR vs. Gun Club and AW Women's Champion Jamie Hader defends against Hikaru Shida. I'm looking forward to Holiday Bash. Um, if you guys listen all the way through this, we and it's Tuesday for you. We got the awards coming out tomorrow. Uh, we're very excited about that. And if you just listen to the awards show, that was your first thing of us, and you just checked out an episode, you listen all the way through. Thank you very much, too. Look forward to the uh, Holiday Bash edition of Eat Sleep Elite next week. So uh, we really appreciate it. Again. If you want to follow us, our, our Twitter handles, we got Eat Sleep Elite. Catch Garrett at Bane Duke. Catch me at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. Catch Garrett on Twitch, man. The Duke of Derb. Seriously, he puts out a great stream. It's really enjoyable. And you know what? It, it, we just like to talk. We like to we like to have a good time. And yeah. Yeah, that, you can make me squeal like an anime girl, literally. And if that, if you want to do that, you're more than welcome to. So this is uh, this is the way we do it. This is the way. Uh, the battle this of Tum- is how we do it. I didn't know. I didn't think we'd have a battle of Tumbleton reference on uh, Eat Sleep Elite this week, but here we are. Nah, we're the meat slappers. We got it done. We're the meat slappers. This is the way. Send us home, baby. You know the vibe. Ah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Me.